We're so glad you've joined us today for this teaching from City of Life Church. For information on City of Life and to find more teachings like this, visit us at www.col.tv. Now, let's join the service. What is Love Strong? What's the, what is the purpose? We started Love Strong um, about eight years ago. And the idea was a marriage conference initially, and we kind of expanded that idea to relationships in general. Um, John 13, 34, and 35 says, A new command I give you to love one another. Somebody say, love one another. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love each other. That is the mark of Christianity, mm-hmm. is love. Having love, expressing love, showing love is the mark of being a, a true Christian. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7, it says, If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. So this tells us that intelligence and articulation of language do not matter if you do not have love. Even heavenly language does not matter without love. It goes on to say, if I speak God's word with power, revealing all mysteries and making everything plain as day. If I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. That means that being a teacher doesn't matter. Mm. Being a pastor doesn't matter. Being a miracle worker literally does not matter without love. Yeah. And verse 3 through 7 says, if I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. Being a philanthropist doesn't matter without love. Fighting for justice, a noble cause, but it doesn't matter without love. Giving your life and becoming a martyr doesn't matter without love. Then it goes on in verse 7 to say, so no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, that's almost everything possible, what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Yeah. Yeah. So look at someone next to you and say, we need love. We need love. Okay, that's about all there is in life. Life is about loving people. Yeah. It shows you that life in, in Christ is not spiritual accomplishment. It's not moving mountains. It's not raising the people from the dead. Right. Any of those things. He's saying, if I do all those things, yeah. but I don't have love, I've missed the whole point of living. Yeah. So you can't say, I love God, but I hate people. Yeah. If you love God, then you're going to love what God loves. What does yeah. God love? People. people. Yeah, so good. we need to strengthen our love. That's the purpose of Love Strong, is to make our love stronger. So tonight, our session on night one, I want to give you an explanation of Love Strong. Now we're going to get into our, our idea tonight. We've, we've really prayed about this and believe that this is going to be big. I'm going to ask everyone takes notes tonight. Uh, really get into this. Write this stuff down. Get it in your spirit. Get it in your heart. Uh, we want to improve our relationships. We want to improve our relationship. Uh, and we believe this is going to be a way to do that. But tonight, we're going to talk about the art of apology. The art of apology. And Amy's going to pray. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time together. Lord, mm. I love your presence. Mm. Yes, Lord. There's nothing like it, God. And Lord, that we understand tonight that the enemy would like nothing more than to destroy mm. the destinies yeah. represented in the couples here today, yeah. to destroy the destinies of the families represented here today. But God, that just like my husband was saying earlier, that we won't stand for mm-hmm. it. No. We won't stand back and watch it happen. We won't turn a blind eye. We won't let ourselves remain ignorant of the the truths found in your word. And tonight, God, that we would be people that would be willing participants 
in whatever the Holy Spirit wants you, to Lord. do. The Holy Spirit wants to change us tonight. Yes. And that we would be obedient to listen to the promptings mm. of what he would say. To listen to the promptings of even our own areas of weakness and, and infallibility, God. Mm. And I thank you, Lord, that you are just going to do something supernatural. These are not just words, Lord. Let them not just be words, God. Let them be anointed words that are unctioned by the Holy Spirit, that we've been faithful to study and do our part. But Holy mm. Spirit, now it's your turn. Take over. And we give you permission tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so what's the most important thing in the world? It's to love people. Okay, we, we talked about that already. First Peter 4, 8 says, above all, love each other deeply. Mm -hmm. Love each other deeply. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. Put your hand on your heart and say, I sin. I sin. Okay, that is something a lot of people in church will never say. <laughs> uh, but all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yep. Okay, so in relationships, there's nobody that's perfect. Right. There's nobody that's got it all together. Everybody has failed. But love covers a multitude of sins, okay? A multitude of sins, a multitude of sins. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 says, love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable uh -oh. or touchy. Okay, look at someone next to you, say, I'm sorry for being irritable. You're gonna hate this one. Look at him again, say, I'm sorry for being touchy. It does not hold grudges. Uh-oh. And will hardly even notice when others do wrong. Huh. Does that sound like you? It doesn't <laughs> well, sound like me either. Really <laughs> That's the problem. It doesn't even hardly notice if other people do wrong. It doesn't hold grudges. What's our problem? We need to learn how to love better. It's good, yeah. Like God loves. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to each other. Sympathetic. Forgiving each other. Forgiving each other. Forgiving each other. Mm -hmm. Forgiving each other. Yeah. As God has forgiven you through Christ. Yep. Say forgiving each other with me. Forgiving each other. <laughs> Matthew 6.14 says in prayer there's a connection between, uh, this is the message version. In prayer there's a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness for God, for instance, this is the Bible, mm -hmm. without also forgiving others. Yep. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. Yeah. So wow. a refusal... To live with a spirit of forgiveness toward other people when they've done wrong cuts you off from God's forgiveness in your life. Wow. We've already said that we're not perfect. We need forgiveness with God. His standard is so high. So if we don't forgive other people, there's no way that God will forgive us. Yeah. And love and forgiveness, they're inseparable. So it's also, impo and it's also impossible to not engage in not meaning to necessarily but it's impossible to not hurt the people that you love so therefore we have to learn how to practice forgiveness mm -hmm. because it will need to be extended to us mm. and we will be need to be able to extend it to others so we have to learn how to ask for forgiveness properly and to give it properly mm. yeah. there's a proper way to do so listen to this definition to forgive means to pardon for an offense, to renounce anger at, hello, and to abandon a claim on, to wow. forgive a debt, to abandon the claim on the very act or the very offense. 
that was committed towards you. So think about that, abandon a claim on. Can you imagine if somebody came up to you and said, I really need to borrow $1,000? And you said, hmm. And they said, well, I, I, if you could really help me, I just need it so bad. You say, okay, I'll give you the $1,000. Can you imagine if they were to come to you and say, I've had some really difficult times that have happened for me. I've just lost my job. There is absolutely no way I can pay my bills and pay you back that $1,000. You're a great friend. I appreciate it. But will you please release me from that debt? Will you forgive me of that debt? Now, listen, that would be your choice whether or not to forgive them. I mean, there would be many things that would say it's fine to say, look, homie, I mean, you said you're going to pay me back. I need the money. Pay me back. Uh, But if you chose to forgive them... Forgiveness would be wiping out the debt, abandoning the claim that you have that they owe you anything, and you wash it away. You don't see them every time and say, you better be nice to me. I gave you that $1,000. (laughs) That's not the way it works. Abandoning the claim means you no longer have a claim to anything on them. You're releasing, you're forgiving them of that debt. Okay, so that's important to understand about forgiveness. Now, as as Amy and I were were studying for this and, and talking you know, for, for a long period of time about this subject, what we started recognizing in the Bible is that modern-day apologies are very wimpy compared to the way apologies used to be hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Essentially, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, you just kind of said what you did, and it was like, get over it. Now we've got all this language that we have to put into it, and we've got to work, you know, yeah, linguistics yeah. into it and, and things like that. It was a much different thing. So the Bible is very strong on the subject of conflict resolution. Say conflict resolution. Conflict resolution. Very, very, very strong on conflict resolution. The way that you resolve conflicts are through apologies and confrontation. When you're pointing out inconsistencies or or offenses that you have with someone, the Bible is very clear that when someone points out something about you, if you listen to them, and what does that mean, listening to them, admitting what you've done, apologizing for what you've done, there needs to be restitution and forgiveness between the two of you. That is how you move on. Listen to this. Luke 17, 3 and 4 says, be alert. If you see your friend going wrong, correct him. If he responds, forgive him. Even if it's personal, against you. Yeah. And, re- <laughs> okay, look at someone next to you and say you ain't going to be able to handle this next part. Tell them, say, you ain't going to be able to handle this next part. Everybody's like, oh, this is sweet. No, this part ain't sweet. It says, if you see your friend going wrong, so real quick, the person sitting next to you is your friend. Okay, so spouses, you're, you're, you're the friend that this is talking about. So if your spouse does something to you that hurts you, what the Bible is telling you, or your friend, or your family. coworker, or family, or your kids, or your mom, or your dad. The Bible teaches us that when things come up, do not bury those things. Do not pack those things away and let resentment build up in right. your life. That a healthy Christian relationship is a relationship that is based on conversations. Yeah. Where you say, look, I kind of didn't understand what you said here. I'm not trying to be sensitive, but I don't want to let it turn into anything. And give the person an opportunity to go, you know what, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have said that. So what this is saying, yeah. I was just going to interject that. I think a lot of times in um, relationships, you there are some people that say, well, my tendency is to just stuff things, or my tendency is to be the more passive person. 
But no one gets a license to just give in to their temperament or their natural inclination right. in a relationship. Well, that's unbiblical. The, exactly. I mean, stuffing something like that is unbiblical. Yep. So the Bible is telling us that there are healthy ways to do it and that it's healthy to have confrontation and to go ahead and say what you're feeling and do it in a positive way. So here's the crazy part. We're going to give you an example here. It says if, you're, if, if you see your friend that does something wrong, correct them. And so what does that mean? Confront them. It doesn't mean grab a ruler and spank them on the hand. Uh, it means confront them about it. Tell them that what they've done has hurt you, yeah. that you see that they're in the wrong. Or if they're in sin, this also is, is in you know, relation to people that commit a, a sin, and you're kind of confronting them with accountability. But it's also in personal relationships. Yep. And listen to what it says. It says, if he responds and, and acknowledges what, the, what he has done or they have done, forgive them. Yep. Here's the part that you, you ain't going to like. Even if it's personal against you and repeated seven times throughout the day. <laughs> Somebody say seven. Seven. I mean, we were talking about this. We were like, what does this mean? Yeah, we had lots and of like, and, and we were basically like, it literally means that. It yeah. literally means if someone does so. So here's an example. <laughs> this standard is so high of forgiveness. So imagine if I just started dating Amy. I just started dating Amy. She's gorgeous. She's beautiful. Yes. I love her. I just, I can't, I, I'm just so excited about this. And, and imagine if, if, if this kind of went down, okay? Man, I'm really excited about, you know, going to dinner night tonight. Uh, Lori, you are, uh, you're one of the sweetest girls. Well, wait, my name's Amy. I'm sorry, Lori was my ex-girlfriend. Can you, can you give me, can you please forgive me? Yes, sure, yeah. I really it's do love you. I was just thinking okay. this restaurant we went to, I went there with her one time. Oh. And, and <laughs> I need the names of all of the restaurants. No, I'm just kidding. No, I forgive Okay, you her. forgive me? Yes, okay, thank okay. you. It's an honest mistake. So, so... So, so Lori, what do, you, what do you think if we get the Alfredo sauce? <laughs> but what? I have brown hair. And oh my brown gosh! Eyes. Oh, I am my so sorry. I am so sorry, Amy. Oh my gosh, Amy. Amy, ugh, I, I, I'm an idiot. So dinner's over, man. The dinner was so great. Hey, Lori, you want to go see a movie? <laughs> I don't know. Call her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just totally ruining That's our example. That's only three times. <laughs> I forget. Can you imagine me doing I would get slapped by four probably. I mean, this is, that's only three times. Isn't this crazy? Think about the standard that Jesus sets yeah. for forgiveness. He's trying to, to make a point that you don't get a medal for forgiving someone one time. Right. This is expected of us mm -hmm. and far beyond what we think is appropriate. And that's why when Jesus, you know, Peter comes up to Jesus, he's like, yo, Jesus, you know, man, if I'm supposed to forgive somebody, how many times do you think I should forgive him? <laughs> seven. <laughs> I remember the thing you said about seven. I'm spiritual right here. Yeah, Jesus yeah. is like, no. No. Seventy times seven. He's like, oh. Yeah. And, and I think what, 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 what Peter is saying is like seven is crazy. You could never forgive someone seven times for doing the same thing to you. And Jesus is going, take whatever you think is insane mm -hmm. and multiply it times a massive number. And it's just like infinitely. And what he's trying to tell you is that's how much grace you need from me. Yeah, so true. Uh-huh. So if you don't extend that grace to people, right. 
then you're never going to be able to receive that grace from me. The standard is preposterous. So listen, this scripture, Luke 17, 3, gives us a protocol for confronting someone in love. Remember, all this is in love. Yep. And, and by the way, you've got to use wisdom. You can't just be, you know, you can't, you can't say, you dropped ice cream on my clean floor. I mean, that's not godly. That's not holy. That's not in love. That's not in love. No. That's, that's, that's not, no. It's not the way Jesus, ta- I don't think it's the way Jesus talks. I'm pretty sure he doesn't do that. So this gives us a protocol for when we have been hurt. Remember, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, we read it. It says, love does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Somebody say, I'm not irritable. I'm not irritable. It says, it's not touchy. Say, I'm not touchy. I'm not touchy. Okay, which is going to mean in a minute that when someone confronts you about something that you've done, you can't mm-hmm. be irritable or touchy. Yep. Okay, you, can, you have to be able to point out things in relationships. Yeah. You have to be able to point out things without fear of explosion right. if you're ever going to grow to the next level. Yep. So that's the protocol for when you have been hurt. Right. But Matthew 5, 23 and 24 tells us what we do when we have hurt someone else. Mm. It says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there Where? at the altar in That's church. In what? That's in church. In church. Okay. And there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there so Tommy in front is just of the mad altar. at you. Tommy is mad at you for your brother. Tommy is just mad at something. He, you did something, and you're worshiping at the at the front of the building. Yep. You got your hands up. You're praising the Lord. You're crying. You remember. It's your favorite song, and you remember that he's hurt you. Yep. So what you're supposed to do is leave your gift there, in front of the altar, and go to Tommy, and be reconciled, and then come and offer your gift. So, apologizing to the person you offended is so high on the list, making sure that there is forgiveness for the things that you have done to someone else is so important to God. The the standard is so high that he's saying, hey, I love nothing more than when you worship me. But when you're worshiping me and you have aught with a brother, you fix that first because I can't receive your worship in a pure way anyway. Because he's saying, I can't forgive you. What if the very thing that is blocking us from hearing heaven is the fact that we have unforgiveness or someone has unforgiveness towards us? So the Bible clearly tells us, you don't just leave these things. You don't sweep things under the rug. You don't just passively move past that said it twice. We don't just move past things quickly to avoid. Zoe is the ultimate example. My seven-year-old. My seven-year-old understands the basic concept of saying she's sorry, but she, she needs this teaching because we're going to unpack it a little bit more. But her immediate thing is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She just wants to avoid any confrontation, any responsibility. She just wants to sweep it under the rug and move on. But we have to make sure that when we... And she can someone. conjure tears on demand. That's the scary part. It's actually part. really scary. <laughs> really good Mickey at that. knows she's a good actress. <laughs> so there's protocol when you have hurt someone else. We are supposed to go and apologize. It says, remember someone has something against you, and that is a high standard. We are to go to them and say, I'm sorry. Remember our opening game when we apologized? The reason everyone didn't raise their hand Some were forced to raise their hand by the other person. The reason that they didn't is because there are ways 
that we actually feel that someone is genuinely apologizing. And likewise, there are ways that the other party truly feels that you are sorry for what you actually did. And we're going to unpack that a little bit more. Gary Chapman and Jennifer Thomas wrote a really great book. If you guys have ever heard of the book, The Five Love Languages, that's mm -hmm. a really, really strong book. Um, and, and maybe we could figure out a way to, to do, you know, in the next small group session or something, do something like that. But the, the follow-up book to that was called The Five Languages of Apology. I would encourage everyone to go get these books and read them right now. You don't have to wait for anything. But The Five Languages of Apology was sort of based on research they did with thousands and thousands of people about what, how they feel when someone apologizes to them in a certain way. And what they actually discovered is that there are different ways that people feel validated when someone apologizes to them in that particular way. And if they use any other method of apology, they don't feel like the apology is sincere. Mm -hmm. Have you ever apologized to someone and it just didn't work? Raise your hand. If you've ever apologized to someone and you don't feel like it worked, it was just like, boom, it fell flat. Well, this is one of the reasons, and it's one of the reasons why people lifted their hand. A few, very few people said it was a perfect apology because there was something missing in their mind from having your car scratched. You didn't say something that they wanted to hear or being late for dinner. They were mad at you, and it's not even a real scenario. They were already mad at you. They are about to cuss you out. They're like, how dare you miss that important dinner? You're like, ah, it's a game. You know, so I... I <laughs> so there's certain ways that we need to apologize. Yeah. And we have to learn these ways. We have to learn our partner, our spouse, our friends, the way people expect to be apologized to, to be able to communicate effectively with them. Also, this is important. And this is something that we sort of started discussing. There's also levels of apology. Yeah. So all offenses and all hurts are not created equal. Yep. There are levels of bumping someone's shoulder in a crowd there, there is an appropriate apology for that. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. There's, that's, that, that's a little bit of a different apology than running over somebody's foot in a parking lot. <laughs> Can I get an amen from somebody? Yeah. That's not just, oh, I'm sorry about that. The guy's like, my foot. You know what I mean? You, you, you have to, you have to like get a little, more, uh, a little deeper. And in the same way, there are levels of apology in relationships right. uh, that require different amounts of, of care. So I'm, we're going to go through some of these different types right now. So if you're going to write these down, please do. Uh, I think these can be very helpful. Number one is expressing regret verbally. Okay, for most people, an apology is really not an apology unless they hear the words, I am sorry. Let's practice saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's try one more time. I'm sorry. Okay, I like it. I like it. That's getting a little better. It's hard to say sometimes, isn't it? For many of us, in order to truly forgive... We need to see that the person who has injured us regrets what they've done. It's the most essential of the elements of an apology, but some people feel it more keenly than others. Can I tell you something real quick? I'm sorry means I'm sorry. Benjamin Franklin said never ruin an apology with an excuse. Yeah. So I'm sorry means I'm sorry. Okay, you don't come up with all kinds of reasons why you did what you did. You simply say, I'm sorry. Yep. The second um, way that some people feel an apology is sincere is when someone accepts responsibility. So we can all find good reasons or excuses why you were late or why you raised your voice. She did this. He did that. But 
many of us need to hear the other person admit their responsibility. Yeah. So it sounds a little bit like this. I'm sorry I hurt you. I was wrong to yell at you. It was my fault. You did not deserve that treatment. It was my fault. So it's admitting responsibility and not putting it on the other person. So listen, if you say, I'm sorry I yelled at you, but mm. you know I don't like when you ABC. Or I'm sorry that I was late, but if you would have. So we actually, some people need to hear someone just simply say, I'm sorry, it was my fault. So to eliminate the buts and the ifs in a relationship are vastly important. And so when you, the moment you say if, the moment you say but, you're actually putting the responsibility back on the other person. So you've just defeated everything that you tried to say with intentionality. So if you eliminate those and you just simply say, I'm sorry, it was my fault. I should not have done that. It was my fault. I take responsibility. Okay, so what we're saying is that some people, I'm sorry, uh, just a genuine I'm sorry, it's enough. It connects. Mm -hmm. There's some people that are wired like that. that just, that's all they need to hear. I'm sorry. Some people have to have more. And Amy just said they mm -hmm. want to hear the personal responsibility. Let's move on to the third one, which is making restitution. Sometimes just expressing regret and taking responsibility for our actions is not good enough. Sometimes... People have need a language of an apology where they need to have some kind of restitution to make it appear sincere. A great example is if a, if a child takes a toy from another child, we don't want to just have the kid apologize. What do we want to do? We want to encourage them to return the toy that was stolen to make restitution. And when you hurt a family member, a friend, or a spouse's feelings, restitution isn't just about returning something that was stolen. It's about reassuring the other person that they are actually loved. It's letting them know the way you can make restitution is say, I did something that made you feel less than loved, and I want to make it up to you. And I think even sometimes there are ways that, you know, like in the case of the first example, you know, of missing the dinner. You were 30 minutes late for the dinner. I'm so sorry. I, I love cake wars, and my phone was charging, and, and I, I did a terrible thing there, but can I... Can I take you out to dinner at a different time? In addition to this, let's have dinner. But can I take you out and do something else? There are ways that, or, or talking to that person, what can I do to make it up to you? Mm -hmm. That kind of sounds like a nice phrase. For some people in this room, that's the way you're wired. You would love to hear your spouse say, what can I do to make up for what I've done? So restitution for some people is a language that connects with them. Number four is genuinely repenting. So the word repentance means to turn around or to change one's mind. So an apology to some people loses its sincerity if you give your loved one no assurance that you will not try to not make that same mistake again. Just the simple idea that you would say, I'm sorry I hurt you in that way, and it's important to me to let you know that I will try everything within my power to never do that again. Validating that you want to change your behavior. Yeah. So not just taking responsibility, but now you recognize that you did something wrong and therefore you need to change that about yourself. That's not an easy one. Mm. I don't hear, I don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a big one though. 
It's a big one, though, that you have to recognize that there, you have flaws and admitting that, I mean, all of us have to admit that, but admitting that to your significant other, admitting that to your children, there is power in that. Maybe your kids, maybe some of the ways that they have put up walls towards you is that they have never heard you admit that you've made a mistake and that you want to assure them, hey, I'm, I'm never going to talk to you like that again. I'm, I'm going to work on that. I let myself get a little bit stressed at work and I brought it home and you don't deserve that and I won't do that again. So maybe that could be a missing link in some of the relationships in the way that you apologize and to bring forgiveness into the situation. And so what you're saying is that there are some people, let's use a, a terrible example. Sometimes people get angry, they do stupid things. They hit the steering wheel. Okay, yeah. That's like a thing people do. <laughs> you hit the steering wheel. And, or or you, know, you punch a hole in the wall or something. Yeah. Now you've got a hole in your wall. Yep. It's like, so, so the, people do things that just don't make any sense. So let, let's say a husband you know, hits the steering wheel and he's trying to apologize now. So what we're saying and what you just said is that there are some ladies that mm -hmm. when the husband says, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. she's sitting there with her arms crossed. <laughs> okay? And when the husband says, <laughs> the, 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 wow. <laughs> When, and when the husband goes, okay, I'm sorry, it's my fault that I lost my temper and punched the steering wheel. And she's sitting there with her arms crossed. Yeah. He's done number one. He's expressed regret. He's accepted responsibility. She's still got her arms crossed. And he goes, gosh, make restitution. Now I got to go to number three. I'm sorry, it's my fault. I lost my temper. I'm going to take you out for tacos. <laughs> And she's just sitting there still with her. Now you're in, you know, you got some money invested in tacos. You still haven't got a. So what is, essentially what you're saying is some people are wired that once he goes down that list, he's done all that stuff. Tacos are not the thing. And, and, and now, now you're saying what he's going to go is he'll say, I will never yeah. lose mm -hmm. my temper. I want you to know that I hurt you by doing that. Uh -huh. It's violent mm -hmm. and scary to do something like that in front of my wife. I don't want you to live in an atmosphere of fear. Yeah. I don't want you to be afraid of me. Mm -hmm. I want you to know I'm gentle and kind toward you. Yeah. And I will, and now she just, now she, you know, yeah. oh, now she comes over. And <laughs> it's like it happened. It didn't happen. <laughs> but, but you know what I was thinking, and, and we didn't even dialogue this earlier, but giving that example is it's so insightful. It's so awesome. But, I'm thinking about the types of people that actually might need to hear this quite possibly could be people who grew up in a situation that a lot of fear was in their yeah. homes. A lot of, parents, um, yeah. you know, fear of abandonment, fear of someone coming home and not knowing what mood they were going to be in. So a lot of these things could be influenced by our upbringing and by the dynamic that we saw as kids and I'm just thinking that's why we have it's not a matter of just necessarily preference and all oh, you need me to say this no it's actually it's getting to the heart of who each individual is and understanding that their needs matter to you and that you just want to validate what they need yeah. so that you can have a healthy foundation so yeah. I was just thinking that I just I, hope, I think that that really connected with some people. Well, no, that we, maybe we, we do. Like, we have broken, so many people yeah. have broken pasts, and you grew up in dysfunctional homes. And listen, I mean, this, this, this tonight is all about us.
becoming mm-hmm. who God wants us to be. Yeah. I understand that there are some people here that you had some messed up stuff mm-hmm. growing up, messed up examples. Yep. I think about Amy. I think about my mom growing up in a house where her father held a gun up to her head and threatened her when she didn't do what he wanted to do. I mean, that kind of fear, of course, meeting my dad, you know, anytime my dad ever made a mistake, one of the languages that she spoke in apology is, is exactly what she just said, the, rep- the repent thing, saying, don't worry, I will never do that again. She wanted to feel safe. Yeah. So there's all kinds of psychology and things that go, go into mm-hmm. why we're wired the way we are. It's really not about right now why we're wired the way we are. It's the fact that we are wired that yep. way. Yep. We need that kind of stuff, and we should care about our spouse. We should care about their upbringing. We should care mm-hmm. about the language that they prefer with our apologies so we can be more effective. So let's move to the mm-hmm. last level, which is the highest level, which is requesting forgiveness. Uh, and requesting that someone frees you from the guilt of your offense is a powerful thing. Some people need to hear this in an apology. They need to hear. They don't even care that you're going to repent. I'll never do it again doesn't mean anything to them. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'll roll their eyes. They'll, they'll say, you've said that a thousand times and you've still done it again. They don't really care about that. But what they want to hear is, will you forgive me? Because what they're realizing in that moment is a request for forgiveness is putting the power in the hands of the person that has been hurt or has been injured. Asking for forgiveness is difficult because it it means relinquishing control of the fate of the relationship into the hands of the person that you have injured or you have hurt or you have offended. It means I give complete control to you. Our destiny, our future is in your hands. Will you forgive me? That is a big deal. Accepting the possibility of rejection. And it means admitting failure. Hmm. It's difficult for many of us to forgive because it can often mean relinquishing our sense of justice. We're worried because someone asks us for forgiveness and you're thinking, wow, this, this anger that I feel right now is the only thing that I have left. It's the only control I have left in this relationship. If, if I give forgiveness, then what if they take advantage of it uh-huh. and they do it again? So we become afraid to forgive. But, you know, the, these words, will you forgive me? It's the, sometimes those are the only words that will work in a certain type of apology that someone needs. Yep. Now listen, remember when I said earlier about the $1,000, lending someone, someone asked to borrow $1,000, and they come to you and they say, will you forgive me of this debt? That's a really big deal. For someone to ask you to forgive $1,000. Well, imagine an apology is, asking for forgiveness is the same way. For, that's forgiveness from a financial debt But going to someone when you've done something that really hurts them and saying, look, please forgive me. You can't demand that someone forgive you. True. Any more than you can go to someone and say, you gave me the $1,000. Release me from it right now. Mm. Why can't you demand it? Because for them to release you requires grace. Yeah. And you can't demand grace from someone. True. Grace is something that is given to you out yep. of love, mm-hmm. and it's something that is given to you out of kindness. You can't demand someone give you something that requires grace on their part, and you can't control whether you receive forgiveness or not. True. But you can control the quality and the authenticity of your apology. It's really good. Yeah. So we just wanted to touch on those... Um, five areas or five ways to apologize effectively. And I just wanted to reiterate, it was just really important. Just so y'all know, today, we, like we've had like the greatest day in a couple of days talking about this stuff. So 
Thanks for letting us throw Love Strong because it's really good for our marriage because yeah, we had really deep yeah. conversations. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so one thing I just wanted to make sure that when I, when I look in a room like this or when I know um, some of the testimonies and some of the stories and some of the things that some couples have had to walk out or some families have had to walk out, I'm very sensitive to the fact that I want to make sure that we are in no way creating the idea or a picture that forgiving someone is easy. It's clearly not. And it does not minimize the actions of the other person. But what is so vital for you to understand is that there is a difference between forgiveness and restoration. Forgiveness is our responsibility as believers. Forgiveness is about us having a pure heart before God so that he can forgive us. It's a commandment of the Lord. But restoration requires two people. That's right. You can choose to forgive. I choose to forgive my stepfather from the things that he did to me when I was a little girl. I do not need restoration with my stepfather. Mm -hmm. But I have a pure heart before God because I have nothing that I hold against him. I keep a pure heart. So it takes two people to have restoration. And I want to make sure that you also know that when you choose to forgive somebody, it does not affirm their actions. Mm-hmm. It right. does not create an open door for, um, you know, uh, trust again just because you've mm-hmm. forgiven someone and then that person who is the offender now knows, okay, well, now we're on good terms. We're back on, you know, the same playing field. No. There's still consequences to your actions, if you're the offender, there are still repercussions for the things that you did. And yes, forgiveness will lead to restoration. It's the only way that you could ever have restoration is if you truly have forgiveness. Y'all will be in a crazy situation as a family or as a marriage if one of you decides to hold on and not forgive. So true forgiveness opens up the opportunity for restoration and trust down the road. But the, the starting place is the forgiveness side. The restoration side comes later. That's a process. That's something the two of you have to work out together. That's something that's going to require a lot of hard work and a lot of these tough conversations. So this is not just minimizing everything and then I was just picturing someone going, see, you got to forgive me. You know, it's not that. It's, it's way more complicated than that. Yeah, you do have to forgive. But then there's a process. But our hearts have to be pure before the Lord. That is the, 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 the reason the standard is so high is because God wants us to have total communion with him, total uninhibited fellowship with him. So it's our job to just forgive. The restoration process can come later. And, and, and that's important, too, that, you know, so, so Anthony, Justin, and Emil, will you all stand right here real quick? Uh, Emil, stand in the middle. Okay, so uh, Anthony, your mustache is phenomenal. So y- you are God in this analogy. Um, okay. Justin, so you, Justin, you're a Christian. Uh, Emil's just a regular guy. Emil's just a regular Aww. guy. So I want you to give Emil a fake slap across the face. Emil, you got to move your head sideways. You, gotta... you okay. are not going to make it on the blink cast, Emil. I'm just kidding. Yeah. 
I'm just kidding. Okay, so let's do it one more time. Let's make it dramatic. Okay. okay. All right. Good this side. Icon so finally now imagine said this. amen. That's weird. I'm just kidding. So now imagine how weird this was. Imagine if Anthony's just a regular guy. He's not God. He's just a regular guy. He slaps a meal. Now go over to an Anthony and tell Anthony, I'm sorry for slapping a meal. How weird is that to apologize to a guy for hitting this guy? He didn't apologize to this guy. He apologized to this guy. So now let's turn Anthony back into God, slap a meal. (laughs) Now Now go over to God and say, I'm sorry for slapping a meal. Okay, now hold on. Now let's pause for a second. You may think this is scripturally inaccurate. This is actually accurate. Jesus is the only person in the world, and in Christianity is the only place in the universe that suggests that our faults against people are actually the greatest infringement against God himself. When we mistreat people, we first mistreat God. So we actually have to apologize to God. But what many of us do is we go apologize to God, and then we go back over there. And Emil's face is red. <laughs> so what we have to do, slap Emil. <laughs> go apologize to God. Now go apologize to Emil. Okay, so th- thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Give me a hand. So this has to be, this has to become our life. We have to go before the Lord. Yeah. Lord, I'm sorry that I said that to my wife. I'm sorry that I treated this person this way. We have to apologize to God first, get our heart right with the Lord, then go, and we'll be in the right frame of mind to go. And Amy said something that's phenomenal. Please do not think that just saying I'm sorry makes things go away. I got news for you. If you walk into a living room with a hand grenade, and and, and that hand grenade goes off, you might blow somebody up, and, and you could deeply injure them. And, and when you've done that, the consequences are there. God can bring healing. And let, let me tell you something else. When you do something like that, and you, you, you hurt someone deeply, I'm talking the hand grenade yeah. kind of hurt in yeah. relationships because there's such a thing. Mm-hmm. Don't judge the person who's just had this thing blow up in their life on how they respond immediately. Yeah. Okay, because how they respond immediately, that's called shell shock. Yeah. It's, it's not hurt. You're wrong if you go, well, they're hurt and they don't know what they're doing. No, it's not hurt. They don't know where they are. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. There's a time period where you're, you're literally in shock. And then you turn around after hours and hours sometimes and go, whoa, I don't have an arm. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and can God heal that person? Yeah. Their arm might not grow back, but he can heal them. Yeah. So there are some residual effects of certain things in our life that it's not even realistic to imagine that just an apology or even going through the list or groveling or anything could bring back things the way they were. God is a restorer. He can fix anything. He can restore anything. I don't want to take away hope from anyone, but I want you to have realistic expectations that apology is just our spiritual duty. We're we're required to ask for forgiveness and to give forgiveness to other people when they ask of us. And we, we do it all out of love. We do it. All of this is about love. It's all about love covering a multitude of sins. 
Thanks for listening. Your generosity makes this broadcast possible. So, if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing here, click Give at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. Join us again for more great teachings like this one.